So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites. Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom. Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC. And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the podcast that is just embarrassing. Oh, <laughs> that is embarrassing. Yeah, Phones that's fine. Off. That works. Next. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the podcast that still hasn't found what it's looking for. Don't talk to me, Bono. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the pop, the pop. Ah, cut it up. Me, it's a gimme joke. Iceman. Welcome to For Formula One Sake, the podcast that will literally try to kill you twice. I've got a feeling that Perez is sleeping with Ocon's girlfriend. <gasps> I'm G. Gred, and today from the BFI on London's South Bank, we're going to talk about the 2017 Belgian Grand Prix. The pink cars bumped uglies, the red cars chased down the silver one, and the orange helmet pulled up alongside the sea of orange. But first, we're going to talk about Lewis being pumped, Alonso being gazumped, and Ocon being bumped off. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who nearly went to Liechtenstein. It's Phil Traman. So painful. Hello, everyone. Yes, I nearly went to a very tiny country that I kind of knew it existed and didn't know exactly where it was. But then I was driving this week. On, I drove from Munich to Milan, and I ended up driving past well, like a border. I was like, I'm sure there's no border here. And then I looked wider at the map, and it was Liechtenstein. But I didn't go over the border. But I drove literally right next to it. That's my story. Move on. It's been a quiet, quiet month, hasn't it? Well, I was driving a, a Lexus sports car. What was the car like? Well, there's two flavours of it. One's a hybrid, and it's and the other one is a V8-powered monster. It's the Lexus LC, by the way. Uh, the LC 500 V8 is is really rather good. Yeah. My nan was called LC. Oh, oh LC. Yeah, yeah no, she was. She was Margaret. Was she literally <laughs> No, no. no. And alongside him is a man who spent the bank holiday weekend just floating about waiting for help. It is Terry Saunders. So I went to the Lake District oh. for the weekend. It was lovely. I had a lovely time walking around, did like a nice walk with some friends. Where is that for the benefits of our foreign listeners? The Lake District is a district in England with all the lakes. North. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so... We went kayaking at one of the big lakes. You're quite, you yeah. do quite, that quite a lot. Yeah, no, I've talked about kayaking before, so you'd probably think I'm some kind of expert by now. <laughs> oh, how wrong you are. <laughs> so, 
I always think of a lake as a small thing, like the size of Liechtenstein or something. Yeah, this yeah. was a big lake. We kayak across a few of us, go to a little island, kayak back. I'm a bit tired, you know, I've had a few nights out. Anyway, cut long story short, I capsize. <laughs> you know, can't get back in the kayak because I haven't got any upper body strength. And a windsurfer comes along and is like, do you need a hand? And I was just like, oh, yeah, that'd be nice. And by the way, if I'm being rescued, it turns out I get super polite. So I'm just like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> and he says, oh, you've lost your, my oar was floating off. He was like, don't just get your oar. And I was like, thinking, that's the least of my fucking worries. Don't give a shit about the oar, I've hired it, fuck you. He just expertly on a windsurfing thing, board. just like, board, just like, scooped up the oar and like, brought it back to me and I'm just there in the water going thanks did you fancy him a bit sounds like get a little I mean bit he was like a thick kind of blonde winter a little bit and then um, boat comes along and he's like Stuart do you need any help and I'm like oh that'd be awfully kind of you thank you <laughs> then he's like oh could you get up on the boat and we try and I try and get in the kayak it's just embarrassing and my friends have gone are you alright and I'm like yes I'm fine I'm just being rescued <laughs> and then I can't get back in the kayak so he tries to get me in the boat but I can't go into the boat because the same lack of upper body strength. And he's like, what if I put a rope out and you can like, use it as a ladder? And I'm like, okay. She's got a rope around my feet and I'm just like, I can't do it. And then oh, he eventually says, oh, you so can... embarrassing yeah, this is, Oh, guess what? It was, it was worse to be there. But he's like, you can stand on the metal bit of the outboard motor, but don't stand on the plastic bit, it will break. And I'm like, okay, well, that's pressure I don't need right now. So I end up standing on the bit of the motor, climbing in. He's like, right, haul yourself in. And I'm just like exhausted. And then I realise my coat is stuck on the fucking stupid rope tie things. So I do that and it rips my whole fucking coat. And I just kind of... Why have you got a coat on? It's like a waterproof thing. It's in a lake. Yeah. Shouldn't you be in like swimming gear or a wetsuit? I wasn't planning on falling in there, right? I was wearing denim shorts because I was just like, I won't fall in. I eventually kind of fall in like head first into the boat and just kind of lie there. And I'm like... He goes, I'm Julian by the way. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> Chica, what have you been doing? Well, I could tell you about holidays and the excitement in the last month, but instead I'm going to tell you about something I did last night. Oh, oh, oh exciting. about 1.20am. This is a family podcast, Chica. Absolutely. It fucking is as well. <laughs> and um, do you ever do that thing where you sit on the toilet and sort of fall asleep? No. Just me then. So, sort of fell asleep on the toilet, and then I was walking back to my room, like sort of stumbling, maybe asleep, not sure. Walked into a wall, which is the corner of a wall. Ow! Cut my head. Ow! Holy shit! Now showing. Wow! You genuinely have cut right above your eyebrow. There is a gash. Yeah. For the benefit of listeners, she has expertly covered this gash with a fringe. Yeah. Um, I mean, I do have this all the time. Or for American listeners, bangs. She's covered these bangs with a fringe. (laughs) Okay, you seem to have got away without a black eye as well, which is always good. But it is a bit weird, isn't it? It is, but you have expertly covered it with the hairstyle. Expertly. So back to Formula One. Let's start things off with the listeners' corner. Craig Winter got in touch and said, I'm not one to condone violence, but if Perez put me down the wall, I twat him twice and I go absolutely mental at him. What do you think about that? Well, it's complicated, isn't it? Because Perez brings a lot of money to Force India. <laughs> a lot, a lot of money. And Mexican moolah. It gives him a sense of uh, superiority in the team. Not number one driver by status, but number one driver by sheer wads of cash. And he's older as well. 
and he's older. He's been in F1 a while. I had a weird thing How this week. How old is he? Well, he's only about 20, but he's... <laughs> <laughs> I turned on my Xbox for the first time in years, and I played the last Formula 1 game I bought, which was F1 2013. And there's nothing like playing an old Formula 1 game to be like, fucking hell, Perez drove for McLaren, isn't that weird? Oh, one, yeah, one season. Yeah, fuck. But anyway, um, <laughs> so he's getting all bitter because he's, he's on the very long list of drivers who are actually quite good, but never got a good top drive. He's now being totally shown up by his rookie teammate. He clearly hates Ocon. Whenever they get close, he tries to teach him a lesson. Like, old dog teach young dog how walls work. <laughs> Do you think Ocon should have belted him? He was pretty angry at the end of it, wasn't he? Ocon was angry, and I don't know. I've got a heart on my sleeve. I don't think Ocon should have actually gone for that gap, even though that end said a quote, if you don't go for a gap, you're not a racer. Well, yeah, but he was never going to get by, so that was a bit foolish. If it wasn't his teammate, I'd say go for it. But it wasn't well, even then, it was... even if he had, the next corner was Eau Rouge, and at the very best, he was going to be side by side. But hasn't Mr. Barker gone to Twitter now? Well, yeah, so they've both got argy-bargy with each other. Ocon went on to Twitter and basically let rip. And now Perez is all being like, well, I'm a professional and I don't, I don't do it. This is the first time in my career that I've nearly killed someone, so give me a bit of slack. <laughs> OK, Scott Somerville said, really fed up with Alonso. If he doesn't want to drive the car because it has no power... Well, that was Russian, but... <laughs> <laughs> then quit now and let someone else finish the season. I don't believe the engine problem retirement either. He quit mid-race because he was frustrated. Not good enough. Well. No, Scott. No, no, Ooh. no. Good enough. Fucking hell. Alonso has got patience of steel. The fact that he's even turning up. The fact that he's not just bringing some look-alike along to the races. That just tells you get in the car, there's no point, you can't do anything. There's a lot of last year, there's a lot of Saki comments on the radio, and he's actually been quite restrained this year. Honda have done this fucking thing they do every fucking few weeks of going, oh, we've worked out the problem, we've been doing it wrong, oh, now we're going to do it right, oh, no, actually, we're still shit. And I think Alonso's had enough, and I don't blame him. Intriguingly, Honda apparently released a, a statement saying that they didn't find anything wrong with the evasion yeah, at all. because Honda can't do fucking PR, right? Well, they, maybe they don't even know what the hell they're looking for. It's like, oh, we yeah. haven't found anything wrong with the engine. Because yeah, I like, still feel like shit, though. The last three fucking years, Honda have been terrible at PR. We're going to have a podium by Barcelona. We've worked out the problem. We've changed our engine specification. Oh, our star driver hates our engine so much, he's pretended there's a problem. So what do we do? We don't go, oh, God, there was a problem. We go, oh, no, there wasn't a problem. He just hates us. <laughs> Wankers. So, in other news, Kimi signs for another year. Amazing. And Vettel, too. The fuck is going on with Ferrari? <laughs> I, I think that they are scared of Raikkonen's bad moves if they told him that. I think, I think Raikkonen is going to be in F1 forever. I actually think they're scared of Vettel's bad mood when they say to Vettel, oh, by the way, we signed Max Verstappen or Lewis Hamilton or someone. He's going, no. Bring out the gimp. <laughs> I've got this once great Formula One driver locked up under my feet in a little cage in the motorhome, and he does what I say, so he's my teammate. Raikkonen is um, 
is not as good as Stefan. Can we all agree with that? I do agree with that. Yeah. But he is decent enough to get points for Ferrari. I don't agree with that. Well, he has got some points for Ferrari. Just by chance. He's just about good enough to, to sort of be absolutely uh, the archetypal number two driver. And Vettel doesn't want anyone challenging. He wants everything his own way, in the same way that Schumacher used to. And he's quite. he doesn't want any you know Johnny-come-lately coming in and showing him up. <coughs> Ricardo. I know, but there's been a long history of number two drivers to world champions. And very few, if any of them, have been a former world champion themselves. It's humiliating. Well, I mean, that's a separate issue in that one could legitimately argue that Raikkonen sort of flutes his title and isn't actually that good. But he was good. It feels to me like he's just he's floating around in a, in a lake in the Lake District. And Ferrari are carrying along and rescuing his career. And he's like, oh, if you don't mind, I will, I, I will take the chance. So now we come to the teams part of the podcast. We've moved indoors because... Uh, oh, that sounds bad, doesn't it? It does, yeah. We haven't got the... Uh, it's the problem with summer. You go outside and everyone's just like... Everyone else now. wants to be outside. What? Everyone else wants to be outside. I know. So in love with you. Okay. And buskers. But now we're indoors in a very empty bar because everyone's outdoors thinking that sun's exciting. What's more exciting? Decent soundproofing. Thank you. Let's start with Mercedes. Hamilton behaved exactly how you would expect him to. He drove well, he moaned regularly, and he got even closer to Vettel in the points. Bottas, though, has gone from being the upcoming star to being the British summertime of F1. This is worth just ignoring, apart from today. What has happened to my second favourite Finn in F1? Well, like Kovalainen. Wow, that's a harsh slur. Well, like British summertime, Bottas has become a bit like a wasp. At first, you're like, oh, no, he's going to sting me. And then you go, oh, actually, if you just leave him alone, he won't. <laughs> and if you crush him, many more will avenge his death. No, that's Verstappen. A nightmare for me would be, be a dream where I'm in a Formula 1 car and I'm at a safety car start just ahead of Ricardo because there's no way you're going to stay ahead of Ricardo. He is just too good at that. Ricardo is very good in a slightly less rubbish car. But we are talking but about Bottas here. Sorry, Bottas. sorry, sorry. Bottas is shit. I've <laughs> always said he's shit. He's I don't think shit. he's shit. He's I think he's shit. He's not anywhere near as good as Hamilton and I think this has cemented that status. I mean, team orders are going to have to come into play now, aren't they? I think they probably will. Yeah. From the next race, do you reckon? I reckon from between races. Who makes the coffee? <laughs> <laughs> who gets the breakfast? Well, I think literally going to have to clean Hamilton's, like, yeah. uh, Nomex. Okay, so Ferrari. Now, it's quite an impressive race from Ferrari. A really good drive from Vettel, just not good enough. And Raikkonen had glimpses of excellent driving, but in my opinion, he got pretty brutal penalty for failing to slow for a double yellow. Now, Ferrari are getting pretty good. Did we expect them to be able to make Mercedes sweat quite so much in Belgium? First things first, yes. I don't think that penalty was harsh. No. I think he should have had at least a couple of chapters of a book thrown at him for that, because especially after the whole Bianchi thing, you've got to slow down for yellow flags. Yeah, because his excuse was, ah, I saw Max, I saw Max, he was off the road. Oh, and that's not enough. You know, there are marshals on the track. What if he... At high speed, span, hit a bit of gravel, I don't know. And hit something asleep. at the side of the track, as happened a few years ago in Japan with fatal consequences. Yes. Okay. So, 
no Kimi. If you watch the replay of the in-car and Kimi, he didn't lift at all. He was flat out all the way through it. So, no, absolutely right. Okay, all right. So, fuck him. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> you guys are really not fans of Raikkonen. Um, <laughs> no, no, I'm a fan of Raikkonen, but he fucked up. Yeah. Did you expect Ferrari to be up so close to Mercedes? Did no. you expect Vettel to be no. that close up? No, I really thought... There was a lot, I think, was it the um, Hungarian Grand Prix or the, no, the British Grand Prix where Hamilton just walked away and it looked like, oh, well, Ferrari had a good start of the season, but game over, Mercedes are going to go back to Mercedes and they haven't. I don't know what Ferrari have done or what they're doing, but... It's working. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're doing very well. I don't know how... And isn't it exciting? Somebody commented on our Facebook page, I remember, saying that they really enjoyed that. Not, it wasn't exactly a battle between Vettel and Hamilton, but they were both absolutely on it to the point where a few years ago with the Pirelli tyres as they were when they fell apart after a lap you couldn't do and even though they weren't side by side on track the fact that they were both just absolutely hammering it I thought was really cool and I think it's brilliant that Ferrari are on a pace with them and we've got a genuine battle not between teammates at Mercedes but between two teams and it's kind of weird that we've got these two kind of slightly sickly teammates going oh, do whatever you want mate it's fine you go off in the lead because like Bottas and Raikkonen are just playing rear guard in both cases and it's kind of weird how it's all kind of panned out like I'm always fascinated with Formula 1 how all the people all the man hours all the technical drawings everything and it's come down to it's Vettel and Hamilton show yeah. and they're winning all the races will it always be like that? I hope, I hope it's like this for a while I think this, this could become a classic rivalry yeah, hopefully there'll be fisticuffs. <laughs> You're always, it's always the fisticuffs. We're you? so close, we're Force India. <laughs> anyway. Red Bull, yes! Ricardo and that killer smile was up on the podium for the sixth time this season after some top driving. Verstappen was fuming again because he had yet another engine failure, but more importantly, he was angry because he'd invite all his friends from school to watch. Now, they've got the same engine. I'm, this might be a stupid question, but they've got the same engine. Did they drive differently? There is a rumour that Verstappen is very hard on his car which is why his car breaks more because often in Formula 1 one driver will seem to have more bad luck than the other but Verstappen's maybe the the Renault engine is just fragile and Verstappen has gone from basically go-karting straight to Formula 1 with nothing in between so he just doesn't understand delicate engines Phil? I think it's difficult to say No, no, it's easy to say So (laughs) I think you have a horse in this race already though don't you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I mean, hate Verstappen. it's not that I hate Verstappen, although I do, but Red Bull should not be on the podium this year. The Ferrari and the Mercedes are so much better. Red Bull should be getting fifth and sixth at every race. That's the way it should pan out. So the fact that Ricardo has got so many, he's got a win and so many podiums. Yes, a lot of that is luck. Yeah, but this race, he finished ahead of Bottas and Raikkonen. Now, Raikkonen had that penalty, but that was his own fault. But even so, a safety car gave him some luck but he's been there all the time and yet I know Verstappen's had a lot of bad luck but this wonder boy that we heard about last year it's just been disappointing we, we do talk I about don't think it's been his fault that it's disappointing I mean you do raise an interesting question and it's one I can't answer is that whether he's too on the, hard on the car but when the car hasn't broke down he has been nine times out of ten pretty spectacular apart from when he bends into a wall you could make the argument that they should be able to build a car that could cope with the kind of driving that that can deliver wins if the if the technology will 
will allow it. Yeah, but he's a teenager. He's probably fucking wanking in it or something. I don't know. Williams! <laughs> <laughs> a not bad weekend for Williams. Qualifying was a disaster, but the race went okay. They did something crafty with their early pit stops, and it sort of worked. Massa came home with points, and Stroll could have done better, but he had some front wing damage at the beginning. Now, if you could sum up Williams' time in Belgium in one word, what would that word be? Buff. Meh. Excellent. Right, next, <laughs> Sauber. Now, Verlaine couldn't face driving his shit car around the circuit 44 times, so he announced he had issues with his car and retired. Ericsson made it to the end, but in last place. Are these two set to stay with Sauber next year? And if not, would they choose to? Firstly, my favourite bit of the race is when the graphic at the safety car said, lapped cars may now unlap themselves, brackets, Ericsson, that's you, you slow dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I would have thought Ericsson would be there next year because he, because basically he's best, best mates with the, the new owners of the team, isn't he? With Longbow Finance. Um, so I'd have thought he'd be there. Verline, I, I would imagine, will hope he can find a seat at a better team. I've got a seat for him. Ugh, to do what with? <laughs> Force is it your seat, Terry? <laughs> it's a manual gearbox, let's put it that way. <laughs> Stick shift. Oh, pull out the choke. <laughs> Force India, relations are rocky. That's the biting point. Stop it. <laughs> this. Relations are rocky in the Force India team. Perez squashed Ocon very close to the wall when he overtook, which resulted in a puncture which he deserved. As an excellent radio from Ocon slagging off his teammate. Do you think if these two calm down, it would be less exciting for us? as viewers yes it would be less exciting be a lot better for the team and their finances though because they keep smashing front wings on each other a front wing is like is it something like a hundred grand to make a front wing really I'm not sure it's that expensive but it ain't bloody cheap so every time they smash into each other it's like they've got to make two sets of so it's always so it's the expense that you don't think about in a 4-1 team but yeah don't drive into your teammate don't smash your teammate into a wall you know, simple rules. Are we fairly? I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but are we are we united in the fact that we think Perez was to blame for this, for for both? In, I mean, he's admitted the first one, but the second one specifically. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I do think Ocon shouldn't have been that close, but I think once he was there, Perez should have given him some room. Are we saying eighty twenty in Perez's blame? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what what now do you think? I think slaps on the wrist. fucking pissed off with each other. And the team seemed pretty pissed off with him. I mean, I will, well, they said both were drivers, but, you know. Well, they, they've, they've since, after the race, they, they've uh, said that they would consider race bans if it happens again for the drivers. Yeah, and, and they're going to have definite team orders. There's going to be a lot of so, Alonso is faster than you and overtaking. And, uh, and you get the impression that if the drivers kick up a fuss, you know, if in Monza... Like they go, oh, Ocon, um, you can overtake Perez, and they go, Perez, Ocon's going to overtake you, and he does a little move. I think they will risk banning one of them. From from a purely sort of watching the soap opera of it all, I'm quite looking forward to what happens next. I, ho I hope it gets much much worse. Well, it is interesting because Ocon is actually a rising star. He seems to be a real true talent, and Perez is at the end of his tether of where has he got to go. So it does seem like a changing of the guard. I, th I think the obvious place for Perez is as a future Pirelli test driver. Ouch. He's Ooh. so good with the tyres. You bitch. <laughs> hey. Hayes. Magnussen spent more time in the pit than on the track, but Grosjean drove well and he did a cracking two-stop race coming home in seventh. Now, we are always saying that Hayes peaked in their first Hayes. race, 
but now they've got more points than they had last year. Have we underestimated them? No. I, I think we've estimated them. Yes. Okay. Exactly right. I mean, my best bit of the race is Magnussen, who I've got no time for. I don't know why I don't like him. Not just the <laughs> suck. Suck my balls, it wasn't, honey. It wasn't the suck your balls, honey. <laughs> and, um, but like, in this race, I, I noticed him twice. Once he was on the radio going, we've got a box. If I get better tyres, then I'm going to finish in the points. And the next time I saw him, he was in the points and totally fucked up the safety car restart when locked his brakes as I have a pit stop so it's like do you know what less of the, less of this Terry is miming chat 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 hand action and more of this Terry is miming steering driving less what do you think he's like what? what do you think he's like as a person mm. I think he's cocky. I think he's super no I think he's super chilled almost to a fault no like I think he's, he's cocky too, he's too super chilled I bet he walks into a bar and if there's a pool table he's like alright wish you fuckers wants to take me on <laughs> he's got a lot of tattoos I don't know what that says. Where do you stand on that? Have you got tattoos? I have not got any tattoos. Do you get tattoos? Uh, I've got FF1S on my back, but other than that... On your... Back. Okay, just back, not backside. <laughs> okay, that's the thought. You? No, nothing. But many piercings. Well, uh... So, if you'd like a sponsorship opportunity, <laughs> we will tattoo Phil's face with your company's logo on top Chica's back for only £10 sorry me I don't want Phil's face on my back so, hang on. so a picture of my face with the FF1S logo on my face but that's the image that will be tattooed onto Chica's back for only £10 yes Renault now Hockelberg had to deal with some passionate Spanish driving from Alonso in the first part of the race but once he retired, because he had better things to do, the Hulk managed to get himself home in sixth. Sixth. Palmer nearly started in seventh, but thankfully, for the sake of our blood pressure, returned to reality by breaking down and went down five places on the grid. His race was spent avoiding debris and shouting at the wrong drivers. That wasn't actually that bad for Renault, was it? I was I was very surprised, because I, I, I got back home, because it was the bank holiday, I've been out doing stuff. I got back home a little bit late for qualifying, so I thought it was at two, turned out to be at one. And, um, and turned on the TV to see that Palmer was way ahead in qualifying of Hulkenberg and was like, oh, fucking hell, he's going to have an absolute storm and prove it's all wrong and end up in the top five. Then, obviously, he broke his car and was shit all the rest of the weekend. There was a great moment when, at the start of the race, the, class the timing classification marks Palmer as being at the back, <laughs> yeah. even though he wasn't. And it's just <laughs> yeah. even the computer's going... Oh, really? Oh, sorry, I'm just so used to it. My algorithm, machine learning, has said this is what's going to happen. The car is now a top 10 car, so it's, it, it's you know, it's embarrassing that Palmer isn't finishing in the is, top 10. Is, is it a case that Hulk is overachieving with the car and Palmer's underachieving, or Hulkenberg is representative of where the car is, do you think? Do you think? Hulkenberg's not amazing, though. I mean, he's pretty good. He's a Le Mans 24-hour winner, which isn't easy. I've done it. Um... <laughs> I passed your test, Harry. <laughs> that was the test. Hulkenberg oh, right. is is better than Palmer. Is Palmer worse than Hulkenberg? Yes. 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 Hulkenberg is a decent driver. Not absolutely A list, but high high B list, I would say. Let's talk about Toro Rosso. Must we? Well, because I think of myself as a creative genius, and there's not Ooh. really much to say about Toro Rosso, I've come up with a game, Ooh. and it's called Who Signs It. Nice. Signs like or Kvyat, who said it? Who said it? Who signs it? So you so what you've done here is you've tried to yeah. mix the word said with signs. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, that I almost works. Yeah, yeah exactly. Genius. Yeah. I'm going to read Go you a quote, and you have to say whether you think it's signs or Kvyat said it. Okay. Quote one. 
Time is a great healer. We are both mature enough to be able to turn the page. Signs or Kvyat? Kvyat. Signs. Terry, you're right. It was Signs after Silverstone. It was after Silverstone. Yeah, we go, see. Number two. The car behaves well if you set it up in the correct window, but the window is very narrow. Signs or Kvyat? Kvyat. 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 Good work. Number three. It tastes like glory. Verline. Signs. Kvyat. It was signs oh, yes. after after Belgium. We're all equal. Okay, number four. <coughs> I have never cried watching a film. Kvyat. I have never cried watching a film. Oh yeah, Kvyat. Signs. Oh. Signs. You're he telling did. me a Spanish man has never cried watching a film. He did say that the film Lion made him very emotional though. Lion. The Lion King. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know. It just said oh. Lion. <laughs> I imagine the Lion King. Leon, Leon maybe. So, that's my favourite film. It makes you emotional, though, doesn't it? I wonder if that's been a translation error. Anyway, carry on. Okay. Number five. I was smart enough to charm my way through exams. Signs. Signs. Signs, you're right. <laughs> and finally. Hey, what's the score? What are we on? Um, uh, no, three, Great. two. What? Well, you, none of us are carrying. I'm happy to say this. <laughs> and have the ability to rewind. No. Tell us who won by emailing wrong at ff1s.com. No, like finally. Formula One races. Now that the result has been posted, it cannot be changed. So it's 3 2 to me. I can only draw. I'll remind you of the 1976 season when Hunt was. Question six, final question. Red Bull seat is my only ambition. Signs or Kvyat? Signs. Both of them. Trick question. Interesting. No, I wish it was. It is signs. It's a draw. There we go. So three all. Maybe lost. Not sure. So you are both as good as each other in who signs it. Finally, McLaren. Great start for Alonso, followed by some top-notch race radio. But his race finished with Honda's trademark engine troubles. Or was it? All of this was made worse by the fact that Alonso is usually quite good at Spa. Van Dorn started his home race at the back of the grid with 65 penalty points, but made it to the flag in 14. How do you think McLaren are feeling about this 10-year contract with Honda? I think they are talking very, very nicely to anybody with a Renault badge on their shirts. Everything is terrible. There is, <laughs> there is no good news coming out of McLaren. Could they get out of it? They can, but the only place they can go is Renault, because Ferrari and Mercedes have both said no. And the Renault isn't great. I mean, it's better than the Honda, but it's, you know, look at Max Verstappen. It's not, it's not a great engine. It's the third of the four engines. Yeah, so it would be a jump up. And also, don't forget, Honda give so much money in sponsorship to McLaren that if, Honda ditch, if McLaren ditch Honda, they are losing a shit ton of money as well as get, getting engines they have to pay for. So, like, financially... And the thing is, they are holding on to Alonso like by his fingertips because they know as soon as Alonso leaves, which he will, they're not going to get a decent driver. Who the fuck would want to drive yeah. for McLaren now? They're not going to get a decent driver for like 10 years. They're going into the Williams death spiral. I cannot see a way out. Honda every three weeks go, oh, we've worked out what we did wrong. Oh, we, oh, we didn't switch. There's a big red switch that says fast. And we thought, oh, what? That says faced. And I didn't want it. Oh. So there's there's nothing going on. There's nothing. Nothing is working. I cannot for a second believe that they'll be any better next year. I can't. I mean, there's rumours this week that 
Alonso is going to go to Williams, and if that's really? not the most depressing thing you've ever heard, well, I'll tell you what the most depressing thing is if you're McLaren is that that's probably a better move yeah. than staying at McLaren. And Williams have been fucking rubbish. Williams have been really bad, but they've got Paddy Lowe. They've got the best engine. They have at least had a podium this year. Yeah, there's a chance that with they Paddy were then Lowe right at the back. Yeah. yeah, but there's a chance that Paddy Lowe can bring Williams round. It's, it's an unlikely chance, but it's a chance. And you know, McLaren are desperate with a capital D to keep it on so and I can't see him staying but no one else will have him I mean it's such a farcical situation it's almost impossible to believe it's actually true you know it's like you've got arguably the world's greatest driver no one will employ him because he's such a dick <laughs> you've got arguably the world's one of the world's most successful Formula 1 teams who have signed up with one of the historic successful Formula 1 engine manufacturers and they've it's, it, it's such a disaster it's it's just a joke it's now made me hate Senna and Prost I know <laughs> that was a fluke if anything it's, I mean they have been so bad that they've tarnished past successes now they really have can you imagine five years ago saying Alonso in a McLaren Honda it was like well, oh, even when they snap. announced it it was yeah. like oh my god it's going to be yeah. amazing and it's just like I there is no scenario when you could have predicted just how bad it would be. This is like if I married Natalie Portman and found out she was just awful. It's just like that. It's, it's, that's how that's an that uncannily like good reference. I mean, she won't be. She'll, she's amazing. Right, okay, let's move on. <laughs> on that note, let's move to the standings with Terry Saunders. I've decided to be a bit musical, which is quite awkward when a large family have just sat next to us so um, we're going to try so I'm a, I'm a I'm a Queen fan who here is a Queen fan yeah, yeah. Chico are you a Queen fan yeah okay I'm going to face away from the family so um, <laughs> you know um, the song Now I'm Here that song yep it transcribes almost perfectly to the driver's standings <laughs> are you ready ready so here we go here I stand here I stand Top of the championship Sebastian Vettel Only just uh, Look around 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 That's Lewis Hamilton In his mirrors Looking around Because Vettel's right behind him mm-hmm. But you won't see me That's Bottas Where the fuck is he Who knows <laughs> Now I'm here That's Ricardo Suddenly on the podium Now I'm there That's Raikkonen Was on easy podium Fucked it up <laughs> I'm just a new man. Yes, you made me live it again. It's Verstappen. A baby I was when you took my hand. That's Perez, very soft hands. (laughs) (laughs) And the light of my wheels against the wall burned bright. Ocon. And all the people sucked balls. family right behind us and didn't understand as massa is head injury um <laughs> but your new man name on site your name is roman grosjean <laughs> <laughs> whatever came of you and me it's carlos signs and his father canada's <laughs> america's new bride to be monstro <laughs> suck my balls baby i'm safe and sound magnuson <laughs> down in the dungeon just stuff all and me <laughs> Don't I love her so? That's Verline, obviously. Oh, Verline, her. <laughs> then it gets a bit weird. A thin moon, me in a smoke screen sky, where the beams of your love light chase. 
Don't move, don't speak, don't feel no pain with the rain running down my face. I was right, that rain is tears. It's caveat. Yeah. <laughs> Your matches still light up the sky, and many a tear lives on in my eye. That's Stoffel, Ruffle, with tears in his eyes because yeah. McLaren is shit. Yeah, yeah. And that's that. Amazing. And then a lot of Brian May guitar soloing. Yeah, which we don't talk about because I hate Brian May. What? I mean, he's a tit, but his guitar playing is yeah. very good. And now the Constructors' Championship. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, Belgium is the capital of which is Brussels, which is the centre of the EU. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I'd do a Brexit-themed... Oh, great. Gr- this, this won't be controversial in any way. Okay, so in first place, the Germans are too powerful. Uh, in second, with 392 points. In second place, will be the number one importer of Ferraris with 348 <laughs> points. In third place is Brexit juice. We'll all need the energy. In fourth place, build a wall, Mexican driver. In fifth place, British Leyland. So the Williams, <laughs> the Williams team are going to be the example of British engineering abroad. Yeah, we are screwed. Um, sixth place, Toro Rosso. I haven't read anything. Can't be bothered. Seventh place, special relationship. It's the Haas team. In eighth place, Bendy Bananas. We can have them again with the yellow cars. In ninth place, there's a life outside of Europe. It's the McLaren-Honda partnership. What a, what a great partnership that is. The only non-European engine. Maybe they get a nice British engine. Great. And Sauber, stay neutral, based in Switzerland. I mean, they might as well have been neutral as, as fast as they're going. Box of the neutrals. Uh-huh. There you go. That's it. That's that. So now it is time for the State of F1 with you, Terry Saunders. To be frank, is oh, I've just dropped my glasses twice. Hang on. Frank Williams would never do that. But he can't. Um, <laughs> this is very sweary. We are very near a large family. So, uh, so pump up the volume. Strap in. <laughs> right. Let's get this straight. I've idolised the Williams Formula 1 team since I was a kid. All of my heroes drove for them. Nigel Mansell, Damon Hill, even Ayrton Senna briefly. Their slide into the doldrums of F1 was depressing to watch and good old wheelchair Sir Frank Williams has always been a bastion of how to get things done. Then the film Frank came out. What about a fictional version of Frank Williams with a papier-mâché head and played by (laughs) Michael Fassbender? But in the last few weeks, however, the sequel to Frank has come out simply called Williams. In which we learn all about the man himself, what makes him tick, and how the hell he sleeps at night. Spoiler alert, Frank Williams is a right cunt. <laughs> Family there, too. I know. <laughs> We're little boy literally looking at you oh right now. Oh, God. I reckon he's three. He looks angry. <laughs> Stop anyway. it. Anyway. <laughs> We learn in the film that he's from a poor family. He mixed with a bunch of poshos. He nicked their accent, drove some racing cars not terribly well, then nicked some bloke's girlfriend and married her. Not that she'd know, as he fucked off after the ceremony, then kept fucking other women until literally he couldn't because he was a paraplegic. The film mainly takes place from the point of view of Ginny, his now deceased wife, who had left a bunch of tapes of interviews with a friend when she was working on a book, and this is true in the 80s, called A Different Kind of Life. And this is a book which could have the subheading, Frank, I'm suffering. Will you just acknowledge me, you tit? I can't believe I'm going to have to write a book to get you to even notice that I exist. Through these tapes, we learn that Frank was a disaster at running his own team in the 70s and only stayed afloat by Ginny lending him money that she knew she'd never get back. And that he was basically a laughingstock in Formula One. When Walter Wolf came in and bankrolled the team, he got so sick of Frank that he fired him. They went on to win their first race. 
perhaps most people, having been crap at something for years, would think it's time to throw in the towel. But this is one thing that I share with Sir Frank, and he went off to make another team with the very loud Patrick head that he called Williams. In this time, he was screwing around, but Ginny didn't mind because this was the 80s, and <laughs> weird-looking men were expected to be screwing everything that moved, and she was just a wife, and she would just keep writing checks and not in any way deal with anything that would acknowledge that any issue exists. Then, in 1986, there's the tragic car crash. Terry, is this where you're going to get sympathetic? No, because he admits to driving like a cunt. <laughs> Everyone who got in the car with him thought he was a dangerous driver, and it's only a minor miracle that the passenger on that day, Peter Windsor, didn't get killed. In a modern interview, Frank says he used to get get-home-itis, where he tries to set a record to get back from a circuit. What a bad end! The film ends with a scene where Claire Williams, daughter and chip off the block who is posh and has banished her brother to tinkering with the old Williams cars with a man named Dickie, is reading from her dead mother's book about how her own father won't open up or acknowledge anything, and with Claire crying, me watching crying, and all the film crew crying, Frank just does a wince like he's had a paper cut, and then does a face like he's pissed off that no one's put the kettle on. The close of the film is this horrible moment where on an horrible extended camera shot we watch old man frank doze off in his wheelchair at the back of a garage only to be woken up by a formula one car starting as though the directors were hoping he'd actually die during the filming not just because it would make a good end to the film because he is an irredeemable shit so uh that's my review mark commode if you're after a new reviewer i am available on tuesday afternoons why would he let that go out if it's that if it's that bad he doesn't care. It would mean displaying some kind of emotion. Honestly. But what about Claire Williams as well? Homework for you two. Watch okay. that film in the next week and see if I am over-egging what a horrible, horrible man Frank Williams is. See, I haven't seen the film yet. I will try and watch it this week and we'll reconvene after Monza. But I have, I have interviewed both Frank and Claire Williams. And? and admittedly, based on sort of 10 to 15 minutes each with them, they seemed really nice. This is a, a shame to me, and uh, I hope you're talking nonsense. But knowing you as I do, I can't imagine that being the case. <laughs> Claire Williams comes across amazingly in this. And the fact she's dealt with this family and dealt with this unemotional father. Honestly, it's the most depressing film I've ever seen. Because he's just emotionless. He's cold. He has no, does not care about anything apart from Formula One. Is he a psychopath? Yeah. Sounds a little bit like you're describing each of us. We no 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 because we we Do are you not care about anything other than Formula One. We are not we? successful in Formula One. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that is it from us. It is goodbye to Phil Tromans. Uh, we have not had time to talk about the new Formula One 2017 computer game, which is now out, and I haven't tried yet. Terry, have you tried it? No, I keep meaning to buy a PlayStation, but I haven't got around to it. I feel it's an opportunity for you to do more than three corners at Monaco. Yeah, maybe. And goodbye to Terry Saunders. Well, on a similar note, we, what we haven't had time to talk about is eSports, which is where Fauna One have announced so using... You go out at night and take one of those little... No, Phil. That's not a sport. That's a profession. <laughs> eSports is where Fauna One have acknowledged that people exist with computer games. So this new Fauna One game that's out, they've got a league. A league where you can enter and the winner like gets to go to a race and drive a car. Terry, your time has come. No, I've entered. I, don't, I haven't got a PlayStation yet, but I've, I've entered. Like, I'm really hoping I can turn up at some, like, NEC somewhere and be like, uh, next up is Terry Saunders. Here we go. <laughs> you just take out the entire field and crash <laughs> in the first corner. That was fun. <laughs>
We're going to be back in a week's time to discuss the Italian Grand Prix in Italian Italy. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake and follow us on Twitter. And you need to subscribe because if you don't subscribe, you could miss a podcast. So go to iTunes, find for Formula One's sake, click the link on our website, go there, subscribe. We will love you forever. Small print, we will not love you forever, but we will be very grateful. We will like you for a day. <laughs> and uh, you can uh, you can get some pretty fancy clothing once you've subscribed, oh, can't yeah. you? If Terry? you want to wear us... Like Hannibal Lecter's victims, <laughs> go to ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Thanks for listening. We will see you in a week's time. I've been G. Kraz. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.